Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Martha, is my phone correct? It says 3.05 a.m. on That's my correct. Yeah, we're here, but back home it's 6.05. It's very hard in Alaska to stay on top of what time it is because the sun goes down so late. And also we got here a day late due to some travel woes. So it's been really hard keeping up with what day and what time it is. And yesterday when we started fishing, it was overcast, and I said, <laughs> I can't tell if it's 3 p.m. or 9 a.m. And we were eating at a restaurant last night, and it seemed like it was what, 6, o'clock. 6 o'clock, and we got out, and it was on about 9.30. So, yeah, it's uh, very, very confusing, and we've been trying traveling, and if you've been following us on Facebook, you've seen a lot of pictures of our fish and some of the things we've done. You've also heard our woes about <laughs> traveling, and that's just part of the whole deal. Yep. It's behind us now, and that's good news. But how many people can say they've been in every time zone in 24 hours? Uh, not a lot. Not <laughs> a lot. I wish I hadn't. All right, um, and I don't like sleeping in airports. No. Uh, um, let's get to some of our text messages. Someone wants to know about crabs in the lake. Is it okay to eat the crabs? You know, I'm not going to give you a yes or no on that. I'm, if it were me, I would not have a problem with it. The algae blooms that were there, as far as I've seen, were the type of the decaying bacteria, which causes some oxygenation problems. Uh, certainly, you don't want to eat a dead crab. Uh, but as far as toxins from that in there, well, you know, the, I know the... Louisiana Department of Health issued a warning, and that was out of an abundance of caution. But I don't even—that may have even been lifted by now because Barry brought in a lot of good water, right. changed up the whole it's scenario, landing. and the spillway is closed. Uh, someone wants to know how Myrtle Grove is looking. We're going to get to that at about 6:20. Uh, Eric Mahabrick's got some updates, I'm sure. From and also there. Ryan Lambert at 6:40. And Ryan Lambert. Uh, someone's saying lots of sewage flooding Mobile Bay. What's the best bait? When over the there. water is dirty. Dirty <laughs> <laughs> or dirty? He said dirty. That's funny. Uh, I don't know, I'll, and that's. Uh, Probably something for another day to talk about. All right, here's one from Mobile. Sorry for the late text. I guess I'm still tired from your plane trip out there. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, have a great and safe trip. That's from my friend David Hubble from Hubble's Hearth. Makes That's that great right. j- You know, we ought to bring him some of that fire. Fireweed jelly. And let him make jelly with that. That's a big thing over here in Alaska, fireweed. We've been learning about the flora and fauna yes. here well, in Alaska. We have the Bayou woman here, but Wendy That's Billy out, and she's right. taken great interest in all the plants and birds. salmon berries and all that kind of stuff jerry cross says bring back some cooler weather you tell you what the weather here has been better than any day we had last season already i, I wish we could bottle it up well here's a high don and martha justin and gentilly refuge still quiet a gentilly refuge we're talking about how did y'all ship your catches back home from alaska it's a good question on well, the plane they actually uh package vacuum seal and freeze them here at the lodge pack them with ice uh, being that we're going to actually be away from a freezer for an extended period due to a different trip, we're going to go find some dry ice and put that in the box. But they come home barely melted and still pretty frozen, and we load them up in the freezer. Well, David also had a comment on the, the tarpon fishing. He says, speaking of tarpon, his good friend Joe Chastain and the brother Duty both caught tarpon each last weekend off Gulf Shores over there near Alabama. Uh, was surprised uh, y'all reported such poor results in Louisiana. Well, They've been having great reports over in the panhandle as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone wants to know, can you eat tarpon? I suppose you could eat just about anything, but you really don't want to. It's a game fish. Keep them in the water. If you catch them, 
bring them both side, but don't pull them in the boat. And it's really like a giant minnow or carp. The meat has got to be really mushy and bad. You know, yeah, you don't want to eat it. No, don't eat a tarpon. There's many other things to eat in this world that are much, much better. All right, still to come, uh, out, our outlaws, uh, some oyster guys got in trouble, bad boys of the outdoors. Oh, fish records awards. You and I sit on the yes. fish records uh, committee, and next Exciting weekend year. we'll be in Morgan City, and that's going to be our annual banquet. We're going to present the kids' awards for youth journalism and photography, our internal awards for all of the writers and broadcasters, and the fish of the year. I am very proud to say, look at the name of the, the rod and reel category. Well, before we announce who it is, let's just say we have not had a person of this age since 1983 or 84. I don't remember ever. Ever. Wow. I, don't, I don't remember ever an eight-year-old winning the Fish of the Year award. Well, the eight-year-old that we are speaking of, his name is Drew Dubuque, and you've probably seen his amazing catch. How much did it weigh? It was right at 34. 33.9 pounds. pounds striped bass. And he caught it all by himself. That's he, the, 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 the story. The was story was he couldn't get his sister and dad out of bed. <laughs> So he went down to the dock and caught it himself. And said, uh, y'all sissies. And he went and caught it. And then he had to leave it because he, he wasn't strong enough or big enough to pull to it up it. on the dock yeah. and net it on. It was half as big as him. It, and he has fish. an amazing taxidermy from that. Beautiful fish. You'll get to see pictures of it, I'm sure, following our, uh, our convention next weekend. Now, the fly rod was Charles Miller. And, you know, there was a couple. Of, we got some honorable mentions because there was a lot of really good fish this year that were turned in. Some years I can remember, you, it's very clear, you know, there's one really outstanding there was fish. Really, but there was a really, lot of really good, good fish. fish. It could have, I could have said it could have gone three different ways. So uh, we had the, the fly rod. Charles Miller was a white bass right. caught on a fly rod. And then the honorable mention for rod and reel was Brian Neal, and that was on a big-eye tuna. Explain a big-eye tuna. Uh, big-eye tuna, they're found in the Gulf really only a certain time of year. They migrate. They're not there around all year round like the yellowfin are. Um, a lot of them are caught in November. I know last year they had a great year for them. Some of the charter guides in Venice caught a, a lot of them. And, of course, they have a big old eye. They have shorter sickles, and they're kind of short and fat. And this one that was the honorable mention was, I believe, 219 pounds. So that's a pretty large fish. But what makes that an exceptional fish is that you really can't catch it year-round. The fish I actually uh, was interested in was the mutton snapper because that's another fish we rarely see in the Gulf. And that was, I believe, caught out at Green Canyon. But a mutton snapper is traditionally located down around Florida. So that was a large fish that was caught. And just the fact that it was something we don't see every day was pretty neat. Well, congratulations to Brian Neal. We will see him at next Saturday's uh, banquet and awards presentation. And also gave a, an honorable mention to a fly rod. And that was a shoe pick or bowfin caught yeah. by Dustin Samar. I bet that was a fight. Had those to things be. smack those things. Yeah, fight on anything, especially a fly rod. We got a lot of texts coming in. A lot of people are really interested in hearing about tarpon. Yeah, we need to probably get uh, Coon Pop or somebody on as Absolutely. a guest and do that. Maybe go do a fishing Absolutely. trip on Bayou to. Wild. I've caught a tarpon in Puerto Rico. I have not caught a U.S. tarpon yet. Well, it's been a long time since I caught mine. Caught it with Dave Ballet. Strange thing about it, we had the video cameras. There's video of it somewhere in existence. That was before digital video. It's on tape somewhere. And the really strange thing about it was I had laryngitis. I could not talk. <laughs> so I had to go in the studio the week after and voice track it because I couldn't say anything. And it wasn't because I was at a loss of words, but I probably was catching a fish like that. All right, we got text messages to get to. We got Mike Gallo to get to. Send us a text at 87870. You're going to be hearing from some of our Cajun invaders, the host here at the Gone Fishing lodge ralph crystal all that's coming up before nine o'clock your time uh four o'clock our time because we are in soldatna alaska going fishing lodge where you're listening to the outdoors with don dubuque radio network damn we've got a lot of people with interest in tarpon huh oh yeah on the text board i think a lot of people don't realize that there is such a good tarpon fishery here 
It's not something that's Big targeted talking. all the time. People think of Florida where you can sight fish for them, but right. that's pretty good here too. Well, we got one uh, said that uh, we've how long, we're asking questions from Bidico Tommy. Uh, how long has it been since one was caught in Lake Pontchartrain? There's been some small ones. Uh, most of the time, if they're caught by accident, they're hooked and they get away because the angler's just not geared up for them. Uh, there are a few diehards that are dedicated Lake Pontchartrain tarpon fishermen. For a long, long time, our state record tarpon came from a place they call it the, the deep hole, and it's over on the south shore where old Lincoln Beach used to be, kind of in that Seabrook area, and it was known for hold Austin 200-pound-plus uh, tarpon in there. But since that was broken from the West Delta 58 crew, uh, they've never looked back, and I don't know if you'll ever see another record tarpon coming out of Lake Pontchartrain. No, maybe not any at all. Sad. Yep. Let's talk to Mike Gallo. Mike, you fish Lake Pontchartrain a lot. Your your lodge is basically right there off a shoot of uh, the, the Salt Bayou area. What do you hear about tarpon in Lake Pontchartrain? Have you seen any rolling or heard about anybody saying they've hooked them or caught them? I haven't seen or heard anything about a tarpon in many years. I do remember seeing one myself at the south shore of the twin span. This is pre-Katrina. This is right when Power Pro came out. That's how long ago it was. And I remember <laughs> thinking, I hope he bites. I'll try to catch him with this new line. But I, I couldn't get him to bite, and I threw at him for 20 minutes. I could see that little fin sticking out of the water. He's just sitting in the current right on the south shore. So I didn't catch any. I haven't seen any, and there's really not much talk about them, except like you mentioned earlier, when people talk about tarpon, we still – but, uh, they're kind of elusive. Huge, they're they're almost fight. like a unicorn. I think people, you know, have heard a lot about them, but not a lot of people have seen but them. But what a wonderful fishery that would be, Mike, if if we had active tarpon that moved into Lake Pontchartrain oh, during wow, the summer months so it's, with easy access. That would be incredible. And, and I know I, there was a, a gentleman that was a biologist. He is a biologist. And he was uh, talking to me about all the research they've been doing that he has been personally doing on tarpon. And I need to get him on the show and talk about that because what a great fishery that would be to promote and create for Lake Pontchartrain area. Yeah, I'm sure it would be very interesting. I've never caught one, but I, I wouldn't mind catching one if one would decide. <laughs> I'd give it. You'd have to add. A, you'd have to add a tarpon boat to your fleet, Mike. That's exactly what I need. I'll have no hair then. <laughs> Pull the rest of it out. Well, while until the tarpon show up, what have you been catching? And what is the condition on Lake Pontchartrain? I've got a lot of people texting, want to know about the fish and the seafood in Lake Pontchartrain now that the spillways closed. Give now that Barry brought, news. yeah, Barry brought some good water in. What's happening? I've been I've been hearing some talk about some of the local guides, long twin span, catching a lot of sheephead and some redfish, an occasional flounder. Um, myself, I have been playing it safe, and a lot of my customers like to go to the Biloxi Marsh. So when we have good weather, that's where we go. They want to see the scenery, and um, that's where I take them. So I've been doing the majority of my fishing in the Biloxi Marsh, still catching uh, lots of redfish, the occasional flounder if we're fishing bait. We do come across the black drum or the sheephead. Every once in a while, a small, undersized trout in the marsh, but that's expected this time of year. They're starting to reach that 10.5 to 11 inches, and I guess they're getting a little bit more aggressive with their what they eat. Hey, Mike, how many extra days do you think you've worked this season if you added up all the hours you've had to travel for fish? Oh, maybe a month. <laughs> 
Maybe a month, it. maybe 30. I believe it. <laughs> yeah. Been making the, the extra funds. Yeah, yeah, things are going to turn pretty soon. I, I think in 30 days from now, the, the beginning of September, we'll start to see some keeper size. That same 11-inch trout that I'm talking about will now be a 12-inch trout, and it'll be a keeper, and we'll be talking about weeding through, catching 100 to keep 30, and I think it'll be business as usual going into the fall. But there's still fish to be had right now, so don't want people to think that we can't find them. we just got to explore a little more. Oh, there's plenty of redfish, and if you stay in the local area, there's bass to be caught as well up and down the, the intercoastal waterway. Uh, I got a young lady fishing with me today, London Thompson, and her father, and uh, she's a heck of a fisherman for 13 years old. She likes to go out and catch those fish, so we're looking forward to a big day on the water. Well, you know when you bring a 13-year-old girl on the boat, you're going to catch some good fish. She's going to be great. I've already had her out. I've had her out years ago, and uh, she caught a four-pound trout on the last shrimp of the day. Now, that'll make you go to hell. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Mike, if somebody wants to get in on the fun there and fish with you guys, uh, whether you're going to Biloxi Marsh or fishing picks up around Lake Bourne, Lake Pontchartrain, and people want some reds, tell them how to get a hold of you. Well, you can always find me on DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. You can go to my website, which is aaofla.com. You can find us on Facebook or the old reliable telephone, which is 985-781-7811. Very good. Mike, we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Well, y'all stay warm and catch a bunch of fish up there. We plan to do both. We plan to do both. Thank you very much. All right, there he goes, Mike Gallo. Have boat, will travel. We call him. Got a lot of questions coming up about Alaska. Yes, we'll address we've some got of these on our text board. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's one that. What are y'all doing in Alaska? I'm going to suggest to that caller to please stay tuned to the two hours following the network show between seven and nine because we're going to tell you the whole history of the Cajun invasion, what's going on, and how you may get involved in it too. Back to do all of that, but first we got a report from Captain Eric Mohabarak. He's our peddler report. It's up next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. The Paddler's Report with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club is presented by Massey's Outfitters, locations in Mid-City, New Orleans, Covington, Baton Rouge, offering the best kayak fishing models from brands such as Hobie, Jackson Kayak, and Native Watercraft. Check them out at Massey'sOutfitters.com or just head to the store, and you might want to get yourself one of those boats because the Hobies have produced, and Eric Mahabar is going to tell us how great those boats are based on some... Uh, Standings in the IFA Kayak Division. And his counterpart, Brendan Bayard, won the kayak tournament he last did. week. He did. He won first place. Congratulations to Brendan. What an outstanding performance. Hey, Eric, how are you doing this morning? Hey, pretty good, pretty good. Can't complain. Sounds like y'all are having a blast. Uh, well, looking at the pictures and stuff, looks like y'all are having an absolute blast. Fish are cooperating for y'all and everything. Looks nice and comfortable up there. You know? Yeah, it's hard to uh, complain when you're eating salmon that you caught an hour ago on a little <laughs> river beach there. Yeah, it's so hot down here, the redfish are sweating in the ponds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're picking ticks off each other. Huh? So um, I was mentioning just a minute ago about the Hobies, and congrats to Brendan, but tell us how good those boats are based on what happened in that tournament. Yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, the first 14 in that, in that IFA tournament, 14 boats were all Hobies. 19 out of the top 20 places were filled by Hobie Kayak. That, that you know that says something about the the, the 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 boat right there about how versatile they are and also here's another little something that I, I forgot to mention to y'all um 
Gary Williams won the kayak division in Mahobe for the Grand Isle Tarpon Rodeo. Not only did he win uh, the five fish stringer, he took second place in, uh, in, in the big redfish division, and he got kayak angler for the whole tournament. And that's when he fishes out of a pro angler. So, you know, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. You know what I mean? They're, they're excellent boats. They're coming out with a 360 where you can actually yeah, I was just gonna mention the whole that. boat around. Yeah, yeah the pro angler. The, yeah, the big boat, you can do a 360 in it. Now, uh, Eric, don't don't be getting any speeding tickets doing donuts <laughs> in your kayak now. <laughs> hey, it's going to be hard to do a straight line on certain days. You know how that yeah, gets. just remember the law says you're responsible for your wake when you throw it. Don't forget about that. That's right, and I need to get on that diet again, so it ain't so big. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, something else too. You know, y'all were talking about the tarpon. I did land a tarpon out of the kayak uh, two years ago, uh, about 130 pounds. I was Ooh. in Navarre. Uh, I was using live bait, and, and most probably one of the best fish I've ever caught in my life because of what I was doing and how I was doing it. Uh, it's really something to see. I wonder how many uh, miles you covered at that thing. I bet that was a Cajun sleigh ride. Uh, it was a great sleigh ride. It, it was only about a four-block area in a big circle, actually, the way it pulled me. It wasn't really a, a, a drag. They're impressively like strong fish. Yes, yeah, like a Jack Cravel or something. Now, some of them pulled, you know. It took me an hour to reel him in there, but, but oh, phenomenal yeah. fish, phenomenal fish. And it would be All great. Right, how are you fishing down there right now, time. Eric? How am I fishing down here in, in yeah. the bayou? Down the bayou. Uh, you, down in the bayou. We uh, we still fishing? You know, the, the, the ponds and stuff for the redfish, doing all right with that. Some days are better than others. You know, um, in Grand Isle, uh, speaking, let's get back to Grand Isle. Uh, the the bull reds are in the passes. Uh, that, that's where Brendan caught his up and coming out of pass, uh, throwing big jigs, you know, such as the Berkeley Gulf jig and stuff like that. Um, so if you wanted to get out there in the kayak and anchor up, and it should be really good for the uh, for the ride to bull coming up. And, uh it, 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 you know, they're still catching a few trout on the backside of the island and in the front of the island like that. But the bull reds are there. You just got to fish for them, you know. So with bait, it'll be much easier than, than what these guys did in an IFA tournament because uh, they only use lures. So that's a little different. Uh, and in Plagman's, like I said, a few trout are showing up. We got plenty, plenty of shrimp, white shrimp coming in, which Monday – I think that's Monday the 5th is uh, opening day of shrimp season. So it's going to be busy around there for any folks who want to get down there and go fishing. And all the launches, actually, uh, I think the only place that's not open and is Vermillion Parish. Don't quote me on that. you got to check the regs. Um, other than that, uh, you know, I've been I've just been doing good. Hopedale has been producing some good fish also. Um, the same same lures, spoons, weedless crawfish lures, jerk baits, things like that. Uh, they, they've been doing real well over in Hopedale. Sounds good. Sounds like things are really paying off down there. And you had a comment, uh, equipment. We were talking about the boats, but what's the other piece of equipment you find critical? Well, you know, I've been noticing a lot of uh, uh, talking on, on the social media websites and things like that about fishing corks. And I, th- I think it's something that's overlooked as far as, you know, this cork's the best, that cork's the best is something – you know, they have cupped corks. They have uh, what we call lemon corks. They have ones with titanium and all of that. I think that people need to look, and I do it myself. Uh, I do this myself. Like on heavier, windier days, I'll use such as a, uh, a paradise popper, which is a big cup cork, or a four horseman cork, which is a loud, loud cork. 
you know, the ones with the, the big cup in the top of it. Um, on other days, I'll, I'll switch to, to basically a lemon cork, which is just a, a round yellow cork because it's a little bit quieter. And I'll even go down to, on, on flat calm days, I'll use what they call, I'm going to call it a stick cork or a banana cork, uh, a pencil cork, where it, it, it's a lighter noise. Because sometimes I think that the louder, uh, on certain situations, your cork is is making too much noise for the hmm. situation. You know, and I, that's an you know, interesting that's statement. Come to some of these, come, what's that? I'm going to use that excuse for why I didn't catch any fish the other week. <laughs> My cork was too loud. Oh, I didn't know you. I didn't know that. <laughs> we weren't going to talk about that. <laughs> I didn't say who I was with. <laughs> well, I ain't got nothing to worry about me. Um, <laughs> but um, but uh, they, they, I think that people need to look at that because sometimes they don't catch fish. But, but I think that the you know because fish will scare if you make too much noise. You know, just you know like topwater lures. Some of them make a, a high pitch rattle, and then other ones just make a knock. And on certain days, the high pitch rattles work better than the, the just the knock lure, you know. And some lures don't even make a noise; it just makes the natural splashing of, 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 of the bait on top, you know. So it's something people might want to try and, and use. You know, get three different corks: a lemon cork, a, a, a banana cork, or a, a stick All cork. Right. I, I can't Sounds remember. like a fruity uh, cork then, situation: there. lemons, Eric, bananas. <laughs> uh. How can folks get a, get yeah, well, a uh, trip with you? What's that? How can folks get a trip with you if they want to go out in the kayaks? The easiest way is to call me at uh, 504-313-8292. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. That's the Louisiana Kayak Company. Or just look on y'all's website, find the Buke Outdoors. You can find me right there. All right. Thanks, Eric. All right. Very good, Eric. We'll see you next time, my friend. All right. Y'all have a great time up there. Take more pictures. We will do that for sure. If you've been following us on Facebook, you see all kind of pictures. We got I got two professional photographers, Chris Lecock and of course Martha Spencer, taking those pictures and posting them. All right, it's been a lot of fun, and we're going to be right back after this. Uh, you know, last week I did not have a bad boy of the outdoors. I just didn't feel it was proper. We were celebrating, good happy mood with the 30 year anniversary celebration. Well, we're back to the grind. We got a couple of guys who are outdoor outlawing oysters. Pretty serious stuff. We'll tell you their crime and their time right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And we'll get to some of those texts, a lot of them about Alaska. We're going to tell you what we're doing up here and what the Cajun invasion is all about. But right now we're going to take a quick 10-second pause. When I come back, I'm going to tell you about some guys who, uh, well, they got into a little trouble with the law, dealing with oysters. Their story next. It's called Bad Boys of the Outdoors right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Well, with the diverted Mississippi River water decimating oysters east of the river, good oysters from unaffected areas have become more valuable and perhaps a motivation for some fishermen to take oysters from closed areas, which endangers the health of consumers. Take the case of Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Enforcement's agents citing three oyster fishermen for alleged oyster violations on July 24th in Lafouche Parish. Agents responding to complaints of illegal oyster harvesting in the Bayou Blue area in Lafouche Parish located three subjects harvesting oysters in an unapproved, polluted area east of Bayou Blue. The agents seized 40 sacks of oysters, 
returned them to the water, and proceeded to cite, and if convicted, facing fines of up to $950, 120 days in jail, loss of oyster license for one year, and only oystering from a monitored vessel for a year, and 40 hours of community service, a.k.a. trash truck picking up, are Frank Anthony Fernandez, 28, 30-year-old Marvin Michael Amaya Castro, both from Gretna, and 36-year-old Darvin Medina Rochez, 36, from New Orleans, are bad boys of the outdoors. You know, Martha, I don't think those fines are stiff enough. Uh, you know, when you're doing that, people say, oh, we're taking a few illegal no, oysters. It's, it's you're in danger in health. You yes, know, with, for you people. can cause some big problems there. And not to mention the damage, serious damage it does to the oyster industry itself where nobody wants to eat oysters. Uh, I would do something like the equivalency of the death penalty. Uh, you know, no more commercial fishing for a lifetime if you get caught doing that. Yeah, that's bad. That's egregious. And fine needs to be more, too. All right, we come back after this. Plastic Man joins us. We had a couple of listeners wanting to know about fishing in Plaquemines Parish, Myrtle Grove area. He's got the answers for you. His name is Captain Ryan Lambert. He's up next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And, by the way, he is an alumnus of the Cajun Invasion fishing trip. Back with him after this. And he's armed with plastic, looking to destroy fish. We're talking about <laughs> Captain Ryan Lambert, a veteran, an alumnus of the Cajun Invasion. Ryan, guess where Martha and I had dinner last night? Where at? Remember St. Elias when you and Carmen uh-huh. joined us there? Yeah, we yeah, were there yeah. last night. Our server was, she was great. Yeah, she was one of the best waitresses I've ever seen. I saw, I saw you had some moose pizza cast Oh, yeah. That was... <laughs> That was yeah, reindeer sausage pizza. Martha gives me an uh, up-to-date every five seconds on Facebook. Hey, that's my job. i got to keep people on it. It's amazing. <laughs> she, she, she can reel in fish and, and text and, and post on social media. She's doing radio and she's doing Facebook at the same time. You know? Inquiring minds want to know, Don. I guess so. And they need to see. You can't do that on radio. I'm fishing right now, and I'm talking to you. I'm doing it, too. I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you fishing? I'm on the west side right now, but I stopped early because if, once I go to the beach, I won't be, I won't have reception. So I was waiting to do the radio show that I'm heading out. But I had a great week. I mean, a great week. Oh my goodness! I was fishing in Pampas. I had a. Oh. I went out. And I, I had a one fish under 16 inches the day before yesterday. I mean, beautiful trout. Gosh. Now somebody God. wanted to know what species a thumper is. Explain the thumper. A thumper is a big trout that when you flip him over the side, he hits the boy, goes, thump, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not one of them little baby fish. I mean, all good fish. And they got to be at least two, two and a half pounds to do that, you know. Yeah. And, uh, my gosh, we had a great week. And they had a bunch of tarpon out in Breton Sound this week, too. You know, I heard y'all talking about them earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, but they, they, they move so much. I mean, they migrate like crazy. I saw one the other day that they tagged off of Florida, and it came through. Oh, wow. Through the islands out there by Breton and Freemason and all that. And he came through the peninsula. He had to come through the Ostrica locks. And then well, he came on the I west know. side, went out in the Gulf, and then turned back around. There's a lot of them in the Gulf right now because we were out at the, the shallow rigs and trying to, to make bait to catch hornbellies the other day. And the bull reds were destroying our bait rods. They were just ripping them off the sabiki. We could not get them in the boat fast enough. The bull reds are thick right now. Dang, I hate that for you. They had a guy <laughs> well, when they're not the target your, species. <laughs> one of your cohorts yesterday threw his cast net down by the uh, a rig, one of those shallow rigs, 
and he got five bulls in his cast net. You know what? He that probably ruined his cast net. Oh, destroyed it! Destroyed yeah. it! <laughs> so they, there's no shortage of bait around, though. Oh yeah, it's it's coming. The river's at thirteen five, and it's gonna drop three more foot by the end of the month. It's uh, this thing's about to light up like a firecracker. That's what we like to hear. Hey Ryan, yeah. what was your favorite trip when you were here on the Cajun Invasion? I know y'all made a really big haul out of Seward. That was one of the most impressive catches oh I've seen in 14 years. But there, was there one species you liked to fish over the others? You know, I, if if I can fly fish, not not floss, but fly fish, that's great. You know, I like to fly out. Although we were fishing for the girls and and fishing with spinning rods and eggs and stuff, you know, that's not my cup of tea. But I enjoyed that trip. And I really enjoyed that that sewer trip because, oh my word! I mean, I, I was I caught I caught my halibut on plastic. I caught you know I, I got to catch an awful lot of silvers you know just with the with a spoon just jigging spoon instead of putting their bait. And they on call it, it mooching. So, mooching is what they call yeah. it here. So, so, man, I, mooching I means them. something they, else fun. in Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. It's the guy that pulls up on you and tries to get you to fish. That's <laughs> yep. what that is. That's right. But, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that trip because those guys were very knowledgeable and they used techniques with the trolling, with the depth finders and such. And they, they go went to this hump and they had they had the silvers. They went to another hump and they, they had the sea bass. They went out there and caught the link cod. They caught the, uh, the, the giant Well, pounders. I hope we get that, Captain. <laughs> the halibut, yeah. Ryan, at what yeah, point I, did you tell them or did you ever divulge to them that you were a charter captain yourself? Or did you just observe and, yeah. and kind of see what they were doing? I guess I was just watching, and, and they, they let me put the plastic on for the halibut. And then when we everybody was catching their three silvers, the guy said, "Hey, you did that quick. You, you can fish." I said, "Yeah, I can fish." He yeah, said, you fished a little everybody. bit. So, so I, I got the whack. You know, just about everybody, all the, the whole crew. I caught theirs, and uh, so yeah, I was having a good time. And that, at that point. And when I got off the boat, he said, dang, I get fish a lot. I said, yeah, I do. <laughs> so I, I use it on telling. In fact, Always usually when I go with a guy, I, I grab a spinner rod and hold it upside down and reel backwards. Yep. And, uh, well, Ryan, you know, uh, before you go, we we got to talk teal. How far away are we? I was just going to say yeah, that. Yeah, I knew you were. It's on your mind, too. Everybody's. What, what, are you seeing it? Have any sightings yet? Oh, no. No, it's early. Um, you know what, though? These cold fronts are coming through already, which is a really good sign for us. I mean, if we start getting cold fronts, you ought to see the vegetation. It's better than I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it's my lease down the rivers. It's it's incredible. I have miles and miles of places to hunt. I mean, it's just incredible. And, and, How about the Rosso? Has it made a comeback, or is it no? The Rosso got hammered off off of Pasolutra. I mean, really got hammered. Yeah, it's, it looked uh, terrible. You know, a lot of dead rosal down there this year. You know, they flew over the other day, and boy, I tell you, it looked bad. Mine, mine looks good. You know, it's, you know, they haven't figured that out. But the scientists, you know, Linda Boy called me yesterday and said she was inquiring about it. She's on top of that, so they'll figure it out. I but, hope uh, so. You know, yeah, yeah, I, I have palm trees. I'll be fine. At the end of the yeah. season, I was using my palm prongs. And it covers the boat the way they, they come over, and it covers yeah. so the customers can move, do whatever they want. Boy, it covered up good. So I'll be using a lot of palms this year. Are you, I, are I know you where t- you can find those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the yard. <laughs> what about bookings? Yeah. Are you filled up or you got some openings for the teal season? I, I still have a, a few, but I tell you what, this whole duck season is booked up pretty good. I got people calling every day. 
So uh, I'll be booked up pretty quick on the on the duck hunt, and uh, I probably got uh, flipped yesterday. I have a few more teal hunts, but not a lot. So everybody's just getting that fever. In fact, it just blew up about last week on Facebook, and all everybody started getting that that hunt fever, that duck hunt fever. So yeah, it, it'll, it'll be booked up. I booked some of them yesterday evening. Very good. Anything else before you head out off to the beach? Nope, I'm getting ready to go whack some bull reds and trout. All right, oh, put them on them. Where were all them bull reds? <laughs> <laughs> I'll text you. <laughs> okay, do that. In case I need them uh, later this week. I got the media event next week, and I want to make sure I'm on a bunch of them. Sounds good. All right, buddy, have all a right, good one. Thanks for the up there. Catch one for Catch one for me, okay? We'll you do. got it. You got it. We'll bring it back. Package rapid for you. Okay, that sounds great. See y'all. There he goes, Ryan Lambert, headed south out to the beaches on the west side of the Mississippi River in Plaquemines Parish. We come back, we're going to wrap up this show, but tell you about two more hours. What time is it, Martha? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's 6.52 in Louisiana. It is 3.52 3.52. We've got a good early start. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, we've just about got two hours down, two more to go. Don't forget, you can listen uh, live online, radio.com, or you can go to dontheoutdoorsguy.com, or if you have HD radio, it's 105.3 FM HD2. And we're going to be talking all things Cajun Invasion. Ralph uh, Crystal, the host here at the Gone Fishing Lodge, is going to join us. Uh, hopefully, we're going to maybe talk more about those two big fish that some of our Cajun invaders bought, uh, caught here, 120-pound halibut. What was uh, Ray Ray's, uh, Kobe, exactly 53? Was that it? Lingcod. Lingcod, yeah. Well, see, <laughs> 50, it's, 52 or 53 pounds. Yep. Yeah. All right, we've got some questions coming in. Um, have you guys been lucky enough to see some wildlife in Alaska? Always. Well, Salmon Fest we haven't been to yet, so there's <laughs> always some wildlife down there. And uh, marijuana is sold on every street We haven't street seen corner. any moose or bears yet, but we've seen a lot of birds. Yep. And of course, a lot of fish. So yep. yes, I'm I'm thinking we're going to see bears before we get out of here. Well, that's usual. The moose has been rather uh, elusive. Saw moose tracks. Yeah, I've seen them. But I've been here a lot. Saw more. bear tracks yeah. too. And Chris Lecoq, our poor cameraman, he hadn't seen a moose. You caught to see one last year? For about one second. We drove by and we were driving to Homer. I saw one. And uh, a mama and a baby. Had one on the highway here. Uh-huh. And you know what I'm excited about? There's a sign on Seward Highway, and it's a moose killed by vehicle counter. And last year, it was tremendously high. This year, zero. Yeah. And I think that might have to do with the weather, to be honest. It's Don't been know. very warm here, and I Don't think know. they've been sticking into the woods Either a little bit. Either that better. or the moose learned how to read. Yeah, maybe. You've got to stay off those highways. All right, here's a question. Um, are the, all the tagged redfish typically caught? I'm assuming they're talking about the CCA. CCA star. And no, no, they're tagged. Uh, how many did they tag? A hundred now. Yeah, and they're not all. They're not even come close. Mm-hmm. And this year, it started off, they caught one opening week. Mm-hmm. Opening day, and then it just kind of tapered off. It's, it's strange. Some years a they'll catch 10 caught, or 12. A few that were caught were people that weren't registered for CCA, too. And yeah, a couple well, of those. that always happens. Uh-huh. You know, it's like an insurance policy. Yeah. You know, you don't need it till you need it. And you catch one of those tagged reds and you don't have it, oh, it makes people sick. All right, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, again, we're in Soldotna, Alaska, Gone Fishing Lodge. It's our annual show that we've been doing here for the last 14 years. We've got a couple more hours to go. We're going to hear from some of the Cajun invaders. By the way, Chris Lecoq, our photographer, uh, hopefully he's awake, and he's going to be joining us a little bit later on. Talk about Season 3. 
Yeah, you, you really want to tune in for that because he's going to give you some tips on photography if you're going to be on vacation. It really goes for anything, not just wildlife, but some tips on how to take good pictures. And also some of the things that we've been doing in the off season, getting ready for season three, which premieres this week. And he was uh, showing me some of the video that he shot with the drone. Oh, some incredible stuff. I mean, Alaska's photogenic enough, and when you do it with a drone, super stuff. All right, so uh, switch us over if you want to. Uh, we're on from 7 to 9. Go to radio.com or my website, dontheoutdoorsguy.com. And there's a click here to listen to more outdoors. It's very easy to do. And we say goodbye to our network affiliates across the state and to Mobile and heading west towards Texas. See you next week. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.